0: Coming up on AEA Amplified, Mark Lee and Gil Vigil of Forge Flightworks share their story on how they have grown their avionics business by offering customers a brand new service, one stitch at a time.
1: From the Aircraft Electronics Association, this is AEA Amplified, a podcast for aviation's technology experts, with your host, Jeff Hill.
0: Hello friends and welcome back to another episode of AEA Amplified sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a mode company and a leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed wing aircraft. The Genesis S-Tech 5000 is the latest digital autopilot providing increased safety plus decreased pilot workload and is being certified for part 23 and part 25 retrofit aircraft such as high performance turboprop and turbine jet aircraft. To learn more about the STEC 5000, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Hi again, everyone, I'm your host, Jeff Hill, for this September 14th, 2022 edition of AEA Amplified. And we have a fun and enlightening story to share with the avionics community today, as I am joined by Mr. Mark Lee and Gil Vigil of Forge Flightworks, a longtime AEA member repair station located near Nashville in Smyrna, Tennessee. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us. And let me begin with Mark. Um, Mark, you've had an incredible career in the industry, and that certainly goes back several years prior to you purchasing your own shop. So, if you could tell us a little bit about your aviation background and and walk us through your career to this point.
1: Well, hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for the very kind invitation to talk with you uh, today. It's, It's really an honor and a privilege to be with you. Um, you know, as to your question, I have uh, always loved aviation. You know, for much of my life, but it was kind of from afar. You know, um, after grad school, I worked in telecom for 10 years, and then uh, at Nortel, and then in software for 12 years at Microsoft. And I've always had an opportunity to work on kind of the latest, greatest uh, technology, uh, which has been a lot of fun. Well, when my wife and I uh, lived in the Seattle area. I decided to get my private pilot's license. And within a year or so, we bought an aircraft, the 1974 Cessna Cardinal RG. So aviation for me was a hobby up until two, uh, 2007. And that's when I decided to leave Microsoft, to see if I could maybe spend the rest of my career in aviation. So I was fortunate to have the opportunity to work at Diamond Aircraft up in London, Ontario. Um, had a great experience there with, uh, with that team and those customers and that uh, set of distribution channel partners. Um, I was vice president of business development at Aspen Avionics, and then I had the opportunity to lead marketing for the HondaJet for a while. So I've had an opportunity to see the GA space uh, for, from the point of view of new aircraft, as well as retrofit aircraft sales uh, from a manufacturer level. Um, when I left Honda, I uh, decided I wanted to see if I could find a, an aviation service business to buy and run. And Um, part of the thing there is I wanted to be closer to end user customers rather than work from a manufacturer's level. And I looked at more than 60 different businesses over a two year period. And then in 2014, uh, that's when we found uh, Carpenter Avionics. And After a few months of due diligence, decided to acquire this business. And, you know, we felt that the company had a a solid reputation, uh, which would be a good foundation for us to grow the business. And that's that's kind of how we got to where we are right now anyway, sir.
0: It's quite a distinguished career, career there, and and you mentioned there you, you did purchase Carpenter Avionics back in 2014. I'm just curious, how did that opportunity present itself?
1: Well, you know, by that point, I had been actively looking uh, for a business for about a year and a half, so I had subscribed to various uh, services that reference, you know, businesses that are available for sale, um, and also through personal networks, et cetera. A lot of different, you know, feelers out there, if you will. Uh, But it was through one of these uh, particular subscription services that I learned that uh, Carpenter Avionics, you know, kind of popped up on my radar screen. Um, And I was attracted to the company after learning a little bit more about it uh, due to its award-winning heritage, you know, and the fact that uh, the company had this ability to repair avionics, especially uh, autopilot repair. And the more I learned about it, the more I felt that, you know, I could really build uh, something here on this foundation. And although I'm not an avionics tech, uh, I'm not a software developer. I thought that the value add I, I might be able to bring to this was applying marketing energy to help elevate the brand and applying new technology to help uh, help scale the business. So that's that's what we've uh, embarked on.
0: Yeah, and and speaking of the brand, you uh, you know Carpenter Avionics had had been around for a while, but about a year ago. Uh, uh, late in 2021, you decided to rebrand and you changed the company name from Carpenter Avionics to Forge Flightworks. So what were the reasons behind the rebrand?
1: Well, it's it's a good question. And, and that's never a decision that you take lightly, uh, especially if things are working. And uh, what I would say is from the time you know that we acquired uh, Carpenter Avionics, I expected that we would need to change or evolve the name in some fashion at some point. Uh, the first reason the word avionics that might limit what people felt we could do for them and uh, i did not want the name of the company to be a constraint to our growth and i had expected from day one that we would be moving into additional uh service areas i didn't know exactly on day one what those service areas would be but i always felt that the first part of that two name combination that would be changed would be the word um avionics and you know while many companies choose a category name like aviation or aerospace, which are perfectly, you know, fine uh, category names. I, I really wanted to try to do something a bit different there. Uh, we like to zig when other people zag, if you will. So the the word flight works. It appealed to me because I think it appeals to the imagination in a little bit of a different way, and and it maps to our brand personality, which is a bit vintage industrial. So that was that was one part of the name. But as for the other part of the company, named Carpenter. That name carries with it uh, many positives, and some of the folks who are listening to this podcast may know that Mr. Bob Carpenter, you know, he was an AEA board member for many years. He was recipient of the AEA Person of the Year Award, uh, and, you know, he's a member of the Tennessee Aviation Hall of Fame. So, you, you know, you don't, you don't take a, a, a name change lightly when you have a person of that stature and that capability, uh, you know, as, as the name for the company. But what I would say is, uh, you know, Mr. Carpenter set out a mission for his company to be a superior avionic service center. And those were his words from some of the things I have read. Uh, And he accomplished that mission. I mean, the shop was voted one of the top 10 avionic service centers in the country for 20 years. This was an annual poll uh, over a 21 year period by pro pilot magazine readers. And so i would say mr carpenter and his team accomplished that mission and we ultimately decided to change that part of our company name because the the company was changing and expanding its mission in a fairly fundamental way and we wanted to signal that change while also being familiar in terms of the look of the logo so uh and and we looked at well should the name be a person name should it be a place name or a conceptual name and because there are many fingerprints, if you will, on this strategy and on the direction of our company where we're going now. And there will be many other people who have their imprint on the company going forward. We we decided to have the name be a conceptual name. And, and you know, we established some very definitive criteria for the name and, you know, looked at, gosh, more than you know, hundreds of, of, of options, as you can imagine. And we landed on Forge because we just felt that it checked every box. Uh, so, after the company celebrated its 40-year anniversary last year, we announced uh, this name change, and that's a little bit of a behind the behind-the-scenes there on that.
0: Yeah, that's that's an amazing story, and certainly something that's been well well thought out and and strategic in nature. And and the story continues. I, I know you had customers um, that were asking you if you could provide other services that were beyond avionics, uh, maybe such as either interior work, annual inspections. Uh, maybe engine and airframe maintenance, etc. Um, and then, for the most part, uh, you had to decline those requests. But how did you determine that out of all of those possibilities that aircraft interior upgrades was the best strategy to grow your business?
1: Well, I, I think that's a, a really good question. A lot of it for us, it came down to being pragmatic on some level. Um, you know, in a typical avionics upgrade, as you know many of the uh, interior components get removed at the beginning of the project and then reinstalled at the end and so that just seemed to me uh, and to us like kind of a logical time for a customer who might be considering an upgrade to the interior to go ahead and make that happen because it can be more efficient and more cost effective for the customer to get that done Um, in addition our company uh, with our part 145 certificate we already had coverage for limited airframe so that made the regulatory pathway for us to do interiors uh, a fairly logical choice. Uh, the the other factor for us was looking, if you will, in the marketplace uh, in our area in our region. You know, while there were and while there still are, you know, some other companies, you know, in our area doing aircraft interior work, we felt that there was a, a distinct opportunity to do something better, something different. We felt. Um, and at the end of the day, we felt there was an unmet need that we might be able to address. And that's that's what led us to uh, to pursue aircraft interiors initially.
0: And Mark, uh, that decision to expand in the aircraft interiors then, of course, led you to Gil Vigil and his company, uh, which is called Speed and Design. And it's a company that does world-class interior work for the automotive industry for classic hot rods, custom cars, et cetera. How did you meet Gil and connect with him? Well, you know, we
1: once we decided aircraft interiors makes a lot of sense for us. The classic question is, well, do you do this organically on your own from scratch or do you partner or collaborate with someone? And, you know, while we did consider the notion of buying the relevant tooling and hiring folks to start that from scratch. Instead, I wanted to see if there was, you know, really somebody in our region, maybe. Uh, who had uh, an award-winning pedigree, specifically in automotive, uh, because I just thought some of the most innovative stuff uh, is happening, you know, in that space with regard to uh, interior in terms of creativity and craftsmanship. And and I thought, well, maybe we'll find somebody uh, like that, you know, in 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 the, in perhaps one of the adjacent states to Tennessee. Uh, and it just turns out that after watching a SEMA award uh, show uh, a couple of years ago. I learned that one of the award-winning cars there had its interior done by a Tennessee shop. And it's like, okay. So I started making some inquiries right away. That, that led me to Mr. Gil Vigil and his company, Speed and Design. And to learn that these folks were right here in the Nashville area, I was just blown away by that happy coincidence. And then uh, I reached out to Gil, spoke with him a few times uh, to see if he might be interested in putting together a business development um, relationship on this. I was very thankful to learn that he had already started doing some work in aviation uh, uh, on his own, and he was already very interested in this space. So very happy with that serendipity, and we are very, very thankful and appreciative of this working relationship with Gil and his team, who are now you know moving over and becoming part of our team, and we couldn't be more excited about that.
0: Yeah, and that's a perfect seg- segue, an opportunity to to bring in Gil at this point and get his perspective. Gil, thanks for joining us, and if you could. Tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and your professional background in the automotive industry.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having us as well. Um, well, my background didn't start off in the automotive industry. I started off in in law enforcement. Um, um, I started off with DOJ, uh, Department of Homeland Security. I was a police officer for a while, and uh, also did some liaison work with, you know, FBI um, with uh, you know, with a lot of different entities of the Joint Terrorism Task Force. So it was uh, really wasn't uh, what I was looking to do. But I did have a background when I was in law enforcement. I was a tactical flight officer for quite a while. So I was tasked with basically fixing any parts of whatever went down, you know, in the hangar. We, we were doing that. And so I got a chance to to work on uh, a few different planes while I was there, while I was a tactical flight officer. So, um, that's basically my background, when I left law enforcement after 22 years and, you know, with all these different entities, I decided, Hey, I'm going to move to Nashville. Uh, decided to move to Nashville and help a buddy out in the industry, in the car industry. It was a, it was a chrome plating place. Um, and you know, while I was doing the law enforcement stuff, I was actually working on friends' cars. And when I had time off, uh, we would we would complete their interiors. We would do uh, plain interiors for, for a few buddies of mine. And I really enjoyed it. And I said, hey, when I retire, you know, I'm retiring a little bit early. Maybe I should go ahead and just, you know, pursue that. And I did. When I moved to Nashville, um, I started the company Speed & Design, which I had a company previous to that, which, which I was doing, you know, the, the part-time interior stuff. Um, well, the first car we did got featured in a magazine, which was amazing to me. So after that, it, it it kind of went, it snowballed from there. Then we, you know, had a grade eight, then we had SEMA cars, then we had um, some real heavy duty picks in the industry. And so that helped out a lot, basically um and now it led us to where we are at this point for me to pursue the aviation interior uh business uh, it seems like we've gone to the top in the automotive in the automotive industry and actually we're looking to do that with the aviation interiors as well
0: so in in applying those skills from the automotive industry over into the aircraft i'm i'm curious can you maybe tell us a little bit about the you know first or first couple of of those projects that you you did with Forge uh, Flightworks you know what did those projects look like?
2: Sure I think the first one we did was a uh, uh, Cardinal RG um, and the first one we did it really would it it it, it didn't start off um, with a lot of detail it was just a basic hey I just want carpet I just want door panels I just want this stuff well when the customer found out that we could actually take it to the next level, he decided, hey, I do want a few extra things in this, in, in, you know, in, in in my comfort zones here where I can, you know, where I can have a pocket here, where I could reach for something. And and, and so we, in the door panels, we built custom pockets that look like purses, and his wife really enjoyed that. In the speaker grills, we cut out, uh, we lasered out custom speaker grills, um, we did a lot of upgrading into that uh, into that cardinal that you just really don't see. There was a few things that we did that that I mean it, it, it's pretty basic. We did a lot of uh, a lot of embroidery, you know, a lot of different things like that. So it did it wasn't one that where we could go all out, but we have a few coming up that we're going to be able to do that with.
0: And once again, we are visiting with Mark Lee and Gil Vigil of Forge Flightworks here on AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. And Gil, I'm curious, maybe when a when an aircraft owner or a customer uh, comes into the shop and, and, and maybe they want a new aircraft interior, walk us through the process uh, with the client. What does that look like from start to finish?
2: Sure. Uh, that's a great question. Um, first off, we like to get to know the customer. So I think it's a few meetings with them just talking to them before we even get to the interior because a lot of times they're coming in for avionics so we get to find out what their likes are we tell them to go back and look at photos of things that they're interested in maybe a vehicle that they have that they've liked the interior in. a lot of customers say oh you know i saw this bmw interior i've seen this you know volvo interior i've seen something that really caught their eye So really kind of get a feel of what the customer wants. Um, From there, um, we can actually sit down in their cabin and utilize the space to try and figure out what their necessities are. Um, Once we figure that out, uh, it's pretty simple from there. It's basically figuring out what materials they want to use, if they want to use leathers, if they want to use different floorings. Right now, there is, so many different floorings that you could use other than just carpet. Um, a lot of times the carpet, it's, it's you know, it gets really dirty and, you know, it's hard to maintain. So right now we have a lot of synthetic floorings, a lot of floorings that look like wood, a lot of floorings that look like marble that we can actually put into the cabin and make it look like something different, something that, you know, you've never really seen before. Once we do that, um, then it's just small things. Like basically when somebody sits in a seat, does somebody want more bolster on the sides? Does somebody want more, does, does somebody want a better headrest? Do they want uh, more lumbar support? Um, just depending on how, what they want, how far they want to go with it. Um, we can actually shape the foam to fit them, to fit their, you know, the co-pilot um, and to, to basically do whatever you need to to get done to make that more comfortable so a lot of uh uh clients will come in and say hey we want our yolks wrapped so we'll custom wrap those um there's there so once we finish that then we kind of sit down with them figure out pricing figure out how far they want to go some people really want to upgrade and go all out some people just want to step back and go hey i just need a you know my seat's done or i just need carpet done so it's it it's it's a it's a fun process it's getting to know the customers a little bit better and you know it's a really enjoyable process actually
0: yeah it's amazing and it's it's also incredible to to hear you describe all of the the detail that that goes into these projects from start to finish mark let me let me turn back to you for a minute and um what advice you know you found your niche i guess here uh, growing your company with uh, with these interior upgrades but what but what advice would you maybe give to other AEA member repair stations around the country and around the world uh, that may be at a crossroads uh, on whether or not to expand their services? What would you say to them
1: <laughs> well that 's a fairly uh, profound question well I, I guess a couple of things I might say is do you feel that your company can achieve its full potential doing only avionic services uh, or do you feel that there is a need to kind of expand beyond that? Um, I would say, you know, what are your customers saying? Um, what kinds of services are they uh, asking uh, you to perform? And if so, you know, what what are those services? Um, I would say, look around you uh, within your regional marketplace to see: are there uh, current service providers right now, you know, doing a, a fantastic job in that space? You know, it's kind of the classic marketing question, how well served is your market already? And and would that market accommodate uh, a new entrant? And, and, and if so, like, how would how would your offering be different? How would it be better? Um, I think you've got to look at uh, what kind of investment you're going to need to, to enter that new space. And it isn't just tooling and people, but regulatory approvals, you know, that those things apply to our space vendor relationships, and it's likely gonna cause you to have to look at creating new process or refining processes that you have right now. And so, um, I don't know if you are a, a leader of, of, a, of an avionics service company right now contemplating, you know, making such a change, I think these are some of the pieces of information, you know, you probably want to gather and then some of the decisions, you know, you, you'd wanna make before you decide, yeah, I think I need to enter space X, Y, or Z over here to complement. You know what what we're already doing over here in the avionics area that would be my two cents worth anyway
0: uh yeah, definitely great advice and mark I, I I certainly can't let can't let you go without asking what seems to be the the question of the year and and that would be uh you know has the supply chain challenges that everyone is facing um for parts has that impacted your business and if it has uh how are you dealing with it and working with your customers
1: <laughs> uh indeed yes we we have been uh uh, bitten by that bug as well. I would say that not all of our vendor partners have had uh, supply chain uh, issues, but for sure some of them have. And 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 some of these issues that began months ago uh, still persist. We do see some improvement in, in a few areas, but uh, but even now there are some products, you know, for projects we have on our install calendar where the product availability is still four to six months away. Um, so, so how are we working with this? Well, first of all, we, we try to get these projects scheduled as soon as possible so that then we can gather very specific information from each of the vendor partners as quickly as possible about the timing of the availability for their products. And that has been, uh, as you know, kind of a, a moving target as the uh, as the past months have gone along. But all of this does inform on our scheduling because we don't really want to get an aircraft here until we make sure that all the parts are in hand. Um, so, uh, you know, in some cases, we've had to look for alternative parts uh, that could be available sooner, you know, if, if that uh, maps to what the customer is trying to achieve with their upgrade. And if so, um, that's great. Uh, but in other cases, we just have to adapt our calendar and planning to whatever the availability of the product uh, uh, may be from You know the vendor x y or z so the thing is i i tend to be a uh, an optimist um i i do not expect these supply chain issues that we have right now i don't view these as a new normal that's going to be our state of affairs just for the ongoing future i do see this subsiding over the next few months uh, and i know the vendors are working in earnest to to get those things resolved so
0: Mark Lee and Gil Vigil, congratulations to you and, and, and your entire successful team there for expanding the business there at Forge Flightworks. Um, is, there, is there anything else that you'd like to cover before we let you go? Gil, let's maybe start with you, and then Mark can close it out.
2: Sure, absolutely. Um, I think the thing that we want to change is uh, I think we want to uh, make your interior experience um, something of a... a Basically, so so let's say when you come in, everybody's used to having just uh, an interior that's basic that, you know, from the 80s, from the 70s, from the 90s, these these airplanes have never been upgraded. And I think when a customer comes in, their expectations are pretty, pretty broad when you first talk to them. And we kind of have to reel them in a little bit and let them know, hey, it doesn't have to... Stay this way on your interior. We can actually upgrade it and make it more comfortable and livable for you, especially these these guys who are are flying a lot. Um, the comfort factor is a big thing, so that's really what I want to push. Uh, being able to build the seats like like the customer wants, uh, make them more comfortable, put bolster where they want. Um, so what I want to do is I want to bring maybe some of that hot rod kind of look into an aviation interior so that when somebody looks at that interior, they go, wow, that's amazing. It just doesn't look like the plane aviation interior that I've seen before. Everybody's got it, you've all sat in a plane and it's just basically, it's just basic. There's nothing really uh, that pops out at you. We wanna be able to, for somebody to sit in that plane and go, wow, this is like my like my car I just bought. So that's really what we're pushing and that's really what we want to do, bring up the expectations that the customer, you know, that that a customer really needs. I think when they go buy a new car, um, you know, it's not, it doesn't have an 80s interior in it, it has a a new state-of-the-art interior. So that's basically what we want to do, bring it up to that state-of-the-art standards.
1: Terrific. Well, I'll I'll add my uh, two cents worth uh, here as well. And I I agree with everything that that Gil just said. And and we are so happy uh, to be working with Gil and his team uh, here at at Forge. Uh, Jeff, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing us to participate in your podcast today. Uh, What I would say uh, in terms of any closing comments is if any of the the listeners want to learn more about our company, uh, Forge Flight Works. You can look at our website, which is forgeflightworks.com, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Um, I would also say, you know, kind of watch this space because we're we're entering the uh, aircraft interior space now. We're very very excited about that. We have other uh, ambitions as we look ahead. Um, and so I would just say, you know, watch this space. Um, and you know, you you'd asked earlier about. Um, you know, perhaps leaders of an avionics service company who might be contemplating, you know, making change or expanding uh, into other areas. I guess I would also say if if, if there are uh, avionics techs and and leaders in the avionics uh, space who might be at a, at a crossroads within their career, and they might be thinking about making a change, uh, this is my shameless plug for talent, which seems to be an ongoing thing. So uh, you might want to give us a, some consideration there. But we are I'm proud to be an AEA member and very happy, and and we very much appreciate having the opportunity to speak with you today, Jeff.
0: Well, Mark and Gil, thanks so much for joining us here on AEA Amplified. And for all of our listeners, you can learn more about Forge Flightworks by checking out the September issue of Avionics News Magazine. And that includes an in-depth look at the company's newfound success. If you don't have a hard copy, of course, you can read it online at avionicsnews.net. Or you can download the apps available for iOS and Android devices. And of course, as as Mark mentioned there, you can also visit the company on their website at forgeflightworks.com. And let remind our, our listeners of a few important items, and that is the AEA's classroom is loaded up once again with a full schedule as we head into the fall months here in North America. You can join us for one of the upcoming avionics training courses at the AEA's headquarters in Lee Summit, Missouri. That's near Kansas City. And there are several different classes available. You can learn more about each of them and reserve your seat. And definitely reserve your seat because classes will sell out. You can get all that information and register at aea.net slash training. Also, please join us for one of the upcoming AEA Connect conferences. These are two-day events, and they allow technicians and business owners the opportunity to learn industry best practices and connect with regional sales and product support representatives. It also allows avionics technicians and shops to satisfy their training requirements. Up next in the weeks ahead, you can connect in Munich, Germany, Reno, Nevada, Tampa, Florida, and the Sunshine Coast, Australia. You can check out all the dates and the details of those Connect conferences at aea.net slash connect. And finally, if your business is hiring, don't forget to post your career opportunities on the AA jobs board, and you can do so at aea.net slash jobs. Free resume posting is also available for job seekers out there. So there's lots of new employment opportunities and they were listed here within just the last week. You can learn all about it at aea.net slash jobs. And that's gonna wrap it up for today. We hope you can join us again soon for another episode of AEA Amplified sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a mode company. To learn more about Genesis and its full range of products, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Thanks again to Mark Lee and Gil Vigil of Forge Flightworks for being our guests today. And until next time here on AA Amplified, for our producer engineer, Aaron Ward, this is your host, Jeff Hill, wishing you blue skies ahead, wherever you may be.